Welcome to Houseplant Homebody. I'm your host, Holly, and I'm here to tell you all about my favorite thing, plants. Are you ready? Did you know there's even more than just this podcast? Go check out my website, houseplant-homebody.com for even more and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or Pinterest at houseplanthomebodyllc. And as I'm sure you already know, each podcast episode has a corresponding blog post on my website, so make sure you check that out. And do not forget to rate, review this podcast, and make sure you're commenting, liking, sharing, and subscribing so more plant people just like you can find my podcast and social media. You can even help support your favorite podcast, blog, and social media by joining me on my Become a Supporter website page to get exclusive podcast episodes, access to a supporter-only Facebook group, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. And if you really just can't get enough, I send out a bi-monthly newsletter on the first of every other month, also with exclusive content and some updates on what's happened the previous couple months. All right, let's get into it. I am super excited to do this episode because this is one of the plants that I had on my wish list for years. I remember seeing this plant at a garden center when I first started loving houseplants and working in the garden center and I wanted it so bad. Obviously, they're, this is a palm. This is a fishtail palm. So, it was kind of big, a little expensive for me at the time. Fast forward to about five years later when my friend Brittany and I went plant shopping in Chicago. I call it plant shop hopping because I like to go to multiple plant shops, especially in Chicago because there's so many. And I went to City Escape in Chicago. Highly recommend that place, by the way. Such a cool place. They have a cat that roams around there. Very nice people that work there. Lots of knowledge. A lot of good house plants, both big and small. Anywho, we went there. Uh, plant shopping and I've been there before but I wanted to show Brittany the place because it's such a cool place and they had fishtail palms there in multiple sizes and she decided to get that for me as my Christmas present which was so nice so I was super excited to finally have one so the excitement is still there for me even though this plant is not the easiest thing in the world to take care of and I'm going to keep trying as hard as I can with this plant and it's doing okay. It's just not thriving like it should be at this point. So let's get into it. So this is a very funky palm called the fishtail palm and it's a really awesome plant to add to your growing collection. If you are a new plant parent, I probably wouldn't start with this plant but not saying you couldn't tackle this with all the information I'm about to give you. So the Latin name is Caryota mitis, I think, mitis. And there are a few other varieties out there, but that one specifically is the smaller grower. It is a kind of multi-stem or clumping grower, and that's usually used for the houseplants since it is smaller. There are some giant ones out there like Caryota maxima, Caryota obtusa, which get absolutely freaking huge. Obviously, those are not the houseplant varieties, but those are where you're going to find in nature also. And those were the three names also that I found online for the most part. A couple other websites mentioned, yeah, there are dozens of different varieties out there, but didn't specify. So when I was looking up the houseplant version, the Caryota Midas was the one that kept coming up as what the houseplant is. Really, the only common name I know of is fishtail palm, and that was the only one I was seeing online as well. So, not a whole lot of variation with varieties or 
different botanical names to review or anything like that. So we're just going to jump right into the sun and water requirements, which is kind of the main focus here. Actually, slightly different focus in a way. Okay, so sunlight, you want to give this really the brightest sunlight you can. If you're placing this plant outside in direct sunlight, you might get some damage there. In my experience with some houseplants, if you're putting them in full sun, it will damage the foliage as it's adjusting, but eventually the plant seems to adjust a little bit. And since these need such bright light, putting it in full sun outside is okay, but you will have damage. Inside, I mean, if you have a south window, stick it right in that window because that's the kind of light it needs. In a south window, you're not going to have totally direct sunlight since there is the glass there. Sometimes, like me, I have obstructions at a certain time, so it doesn't get totally bright light all the time, but at least it gets the warmest sunlight out of all of it. If you don't have a south window, a west window is your next best bet. So, moral of the story, as much light as you possibly can. The next one, water requirements. This palm does need a little bit more moisture, in my experience, than some of my other houseplants, for example, like Monstera philodendron, that kind of thing, but it doesn't need as much moisture as a maidenhair fern, for example, or even a Boston fern. I know we just talked about that. It doesn't really need that much moisture. So I would just recommend watering when you see the top layer of soil drying out, and that's the best thing. I mean, I still recommend using a moisture meter reader because they're super helpful if you really are not sure if you need to water. So that's what I would go with if I were you. Medium moisture is what I'm saying for these. Humidity, I got conflicting answers online and I think that's based on talking about it in nature versus in your house. In your house, these need medium to high humidity to really thrive in your home for the best conditions. So like most house plants, if they have low humidity, and lower moisture if they're needing an increase in both of those, you're going to see some yellowing or browning on the leaves no matter what. Currently, all my leaves are kind of yellow and the edges are brown, and it's not because I'm overwatering. It's definitely underwatering and lack of humidity. It is placed near my humidifier, but here in the Midwest in winter, I mean, there's like very little chance of increasing the humidity in the big room that it's in just by putting one humidifier near it. So it might increase it a little bit, but I do mist, which I know misting doesn't necessarily increase the humidity like all day for the plant, but at least it adds some moisture onto the leaves, which also helps prevent some spider mites and stuff like that too, because they hate moisture. Anyway, point being medium to high humidity is best for the fishtail palm. All right, now we're going to go into fertilizer and other facts. I say this every time. Fertilizing is really up to you on what products you pick. And based on that, you will change kind of your routine of how often you're doing it. I use Fox Farm Grow Big Liquid Fertilizer. I fertilize in peak season about every two weeks or so, if not maybe a little bit less than that. I haven't fully worked through um, what this kind of fertilizer needs to do for my plants yet because I just started using it last fall, last summer actually. So I fertilize about every two weeks right now. I'm probably going to increase that a little bit. And then 
end of February into October is when my peak season is, I believe, and when I see an increase in growth. So right now I'm noticing like a lot of new leaves on all of my plants. I just got my Monstera, just got two new leaves. All of my philodendrons are trailing like crazy. My ginger plant keeps pushing up new leaves. My ficus just got two new leaves and my ficus benjamina is just like growing like crazy too. So I'm noticing a bunch of new growth overall. So now is the time to really start increasing fertilizer. I cut down fertilizer in the winter. For most plants, I fertilize them maybe once or twice in the winter just because they're not as active and they don't really need it. You don't need to be pushing outgrowth in winter necessarily. The only plants I was doing it for were the plants I'm growing for the wedding, but you know, that makes sense. When I'm using this fertilizer, I use probably about a half to three-fourths the recommended about amount of fertilizer simply because I'd rather under than over fertilize. Granted, you want to make sure you're fertilizing enough too. So using the recommended on a houseplant fertilizer is okay, um, I think. And then using a fertilizer that's mainly used for annuals or shrubs or perennials also, maybe that fertilizer might need to be cut back ever so slightly. Just because those kind of plants have a shorter, I guess, lifespan or their really active seasons sometimes are a little bit shorter, at least here in the Midwest. So the fertilizer is a little bit more attuned to that. So if you're fertilizing an annual that's flowering, it's going to want more fertilizer because its lifespan is so much shorter, if that makes sense. Okay, I did find fishtail palm in one book. I found it in the Practical Houseplant Book, and then two sources online I used were North Carolina Extension Gardener, which is North Carolina State Extension, and then San Diego Zoo actually had a really good article about fishtail palms as well. So I tagged the Practical Houseplant Book because they directly had a quote about fertilizing in it. The other two didn't, and there's talking more about in nature on the other two websites, but that was good information for other facts. So Practical Houseplant Book recommends for fertilizing, apply a balanced liquid fertilizer monthly spring to fall. I think this is very much based on what fertilizer you're using. If you're using a slow release fertilizer, that could last a couple months. If you're using a liquid fertilizer, sometimes like Fox Farm, it recommends fertilizing once a week and I've been using it every two weeks. So I think it really, really depends on the product you're using overall. Now, the consensus I did find online, whether it was the two websites I mentioned or any other random place that I was checking, most of them did say that this is more of a heavy feeder and you will see active damage on the leaves if it's under fertilized. So based on the fact that my plant does have yellowing and browning and some spots to it, that could be a sign of under fertilizing and I wouldn't put it past myself because I do cut down the fertilizing a little bit. So just keep that in mind. If you're not, if you're someone that doesn't fertilize but you want to have this plant, I would recommend at least getting something for this plant even if you're not doing it very often but just giving it that boost for its best lifespan. All right, let's move into the other facts. This is part of the Araceae family and it's native originally to Asia, Northern Australia, and South Pacific. They are just a bright green fishtail shaped leaf with kind of bunching branches shooting out from kind of a main trunk-ish area. 
and they do sucker at the base of it in nature too and in your own pot. But like I said earlier, this particular variety is kind of the multi-stem variety. So the varieties that have just one main trunk also do sucker at the base of it, but it's not like it's supposed to be part of the plant, you know. In nature, the variety that you're going to see as a houseplant typically gets between 30 and 40 feet tall. The other ones, the other huge ones can get way bigger than 100 feet tall. So absolutely big, big plant. The North Carolina State Extension had a really good picture of what the tree looked like. So I tagged it in the other facts their website just so you could check out their pictures because I don't have great pictures of mine because mine's struggling so I have like one good picture of it. In nature these do produce a red berry and it does produce kind of a clumped bloom. San Diego Zoo pointed something out that I didn't know and kind of surprised me but I'm just going to read directly from their website. It says a fishtail palm is known botanically as a monocarpic plant. This means that after it finishes flowering, the entire trunk dies. This varies from most other palms, which start flowering while young and continue to do so. However, the flowering period of a fishtail palm can span five to seven years. Holy crap. I did not know that. Knowing that this plant might not last forever as a house plant and could die if it starts blooming is just insane. Now, to me, most houseplants are not getting the mimicked environment as they would in the great outdoors. So more than likely, you're not going to see the berries or the flowers being produced in your own home. But just in case you do, know that once it flowers, you kind of have a shorter lifespan with the plant at that point. And it's 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 a short, short relationship after that. <laughs> so... I thought that was a really fun fact and not really fun because who wants a plant to die, right? But like still, I, I haven't heard that of another houseplant besides a bromeliad and that's simply because they grow pups off of the, the mother plant and then once it blooms, the new pup was like forming and the mother plant dies. So that's the only plant I've really heard do that. I'm sure there are several others, but that's the one I know for sure that does that too. It did not specify if new kind of plants are suckering up underneath it that will form a new plant. It just said that the the entire trunk dies. So that I was unsure and I was not able to find an actual answer on. But if yours is suckering, you could probably pull off part of the plant if there's an attached root system and kind of use it as a new palm. I'd also like to point out that I did not add a propagation section in here because the only propagation that people recommended was by seed, which to me is not propagation. That's just growing a brand new plant from seed. So I didn't see anywhere that splitting this plant or dividing this plant was an option. So I'm not recommending that, but based on the fact that it dies off when it flowers, I wasn't sure. So if you're a plant nerd out there and you know for sure, will you message me? Let me know if you know that, because I was not able to find an answer on that. I don't think we're ever going to, any of us are really going to ever experience that with our fish gel palms in our house, you know, but you never know. Always good to know all the facts. Okay, moving on. Um, as a side note, if you're in Florida, this plant is considered invasive to some parts of Florida. Um, 
So just keep that in mind. I would check your invasive species list based on where you live ahead of time, just on the off chance that this is invasive. You just want to be careful. And then my last little fact is that it is poisonous to pets and humans. And as I always say, episode 31 had a lot of information on that with a corresponding blog post if you need more information. Um, Specifically, I note from North Carolina that the berries are the really poisonous part. It does say poisonous, like poison severity is low, but it's still poisonous, people. So don't be putting berries in your mouth if you get berries on your plant. I I mean, overall, don't put this plant in your mouth. That's that's all I'm saying. (laughs) Okay, so I have just two questions for the Instagram Q&A. I want to reiterate that I love doing this. I absolutely love it when you guys reach out to me with questions that I can use for the next episode. That way, it just gives me different topics than I usually cover day-to-day in these podcast episodes. So, continue to keep asking me questions. I usually put a question box in my story a few times, a couple times in between the new episode. But if you know what episode's coming up, which I always am now saying at the very, very end of these episodes, you can always always message me and say like, hey, I know this topic is next. Can I ask you a question for the episode? Then just go for it. Private message me, email me, whatever you want to do, get in contact with me, go for it. Okay, so for the fishtail palm, I had two questions. One was just low maintenance houseplant, question mark. I would say no. I would say this is more of a medium, almost reaching high maintenance houseplant simply because the amount of bright light it needs, the higher humidity it needs, and the fact that it's medium moisture, so you're going to need to be paying attention to it more. I would rank that as not a low maintenance houseplant. Overall, I have had a ton of issues with spider mites on my fishtail palm, and I also want to note that when I brought it inside to my house, different environment than a greenhouse, it died back a lot so it was adjusting. It did come back, so that's great, but I just want to note that you might see a drastic change from bringing it in from a greenhouse and putting it in your own home, and then you may have pest issues too. Misting, extra humidity, all helps in my mind, making sure your leaves are clean. The fact that these leaves are pretty big too allows for easier cleaning on this plant as well. Giving it a shower is really easy, so... I would say it is not low maintenance. The next question is, is it solely called fishtail palm because it looks like a fishtail? And yes, that is exactly why it's called fishtail palm. There's no other reason besides the fact of how it looks. So it has a triangular shaped leaf with almost jagged edges at the end, which make it look like that fishtail palm. Jagged, like toothed, sometimes like, what's the term? Um scalloped edging. Okay, not scalloped. It's not that clean. It's more jagged, but it definitely has that fishtail shape to it, and that is why. And that's all I got, folks. Thanks for listening to episode 54 of Houseplant Homebody, all about the fishtail palm. Don't forget to check out the blog post that corresponds with this episode. If you go to houseplant-homebody.com and go to the blog page, you'll find it there. Also, don't forget to find me at Houseplant Homebody LLC on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. 
Make sure you're rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast, along with liking, saving, and commenting on social media. Odds are, if you like this podcast, someone else will too. I love to hear what you've learned from this episode or really anything that I'm doing and your plant experiences, so please share them with me because I love it. Also, you can help support your favorite podcast by joining me on my Become a Supporter website page to get exclusive podcast episodes, access to a supporter-only Facebook group, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. Your support means the world to me and I'm super excited to keep bringing you plant bios and information. Also, don't forget to check back every other Tuesday for the brand new episode and blog post. From one houseplant homebody to another, see you next time. Hi, me again, always at the end. Hello. Okay, so it is Tuesday, March 1st, which means daylight savings is soon for At least most people in the United States deal with daylight savings time, except you lucky people out west. Um, I was checking my calendar because I wanted to make sure I had the right date for a second, but yes, it is. So it is March 1st, and that means it is three days away from my birthday. And usually I'm not a big birthday person, but when I can do something for my birthday that's not related to me necessarily, I want to do it. So here it is. I am doing a birthday giveaway. I did announce it on social media yesterday. You will see a post on Facebook and Instagram that says giveaway on it. Go to it. Participate. What you're going to need to do is like the post. Make sure you're following me on whether it's Instagram or Facebook. And then tag your friends, anyone you want to, in the post. The number of people you tag is the amount of entries that you are put in for this giveaway. You don't have to do it on separate comments. You can do it all in one comment if you want. It does not matter to me. I still look at them all individually and write them down all individually. So either way, doesn't matter. And then for a bonus entry, you can talk about Houseplant Homebody, share the giveaway, anything you want to do in your stories or even in a post form, whatever you feel like doing, and tag me in it. I want to note that if your account is private, I won't see it because it is private. So make sure you screenshot your story or your post about Houseplant Homebody and message it to me so I can count that as an extra entry also. You know what? If you do that, I'm going to count it as an extra five entries if you do that. I'm just going to make up that rule. It's Sunday night, so I haven't posted about it yet. So now I'm going to make up that rule. I need to write that down. Okay, that's what we're doing. I should probably tell you what the actual giveaway is. (laughs) So the giveaway is going to be a white t-shirt with the brand new Houseplant Homebody logo that you see on my website that you've seen me wear the same t-shirt before. And I don't have merchandise out yet. Eventually I will, probably not for a bit, but you're gonna have first access to a t-shirt with the new logo. Also, my supporters know this, as in the supporters that are paying the monthly support level to help me out every month. But there is an exclusive episode coming up on my birthday, Friday, March 4th. And whoever wins the giveaway will get the link to that episode, even if they're not a supporter. So you will get an amazing Houseplant Homebody t-shirt And you will get the link to the exclusive episode that comes out on Friday. That topic is going to be my favorite houseplants. And I'm just going to be throwing out information of all of my favorite houseplants and just geeking out. You're definitely not going to want to miss that. So go to social media. Go 
submit everything for the giveaway. I'm going to leave it open until Friday midnight central time. So 12, I guess, a.m. on, I guess it's technically March 5th, 12 a.m., but basically midnight central time on my birthday, March 4th. At that point, then I'll close it and then I will announce the winner on Saturday. And I will, if you're on social media, obviously I have your handle and I'm noting your handle in where I'm keeping track of everything. So I will message you individually as well for an address and everything. So super exciting. I wanted to share that with you here, but if you've already seen it on social media and you already shared it, thank you. So exciting. The next thing I wanted to share with you is I've had a couple people reach out to me about graphic design stuff. So I'm very excited about that. I had a, I actually reached out to a friend of mine. She's an artist um, just to see if she had some time, but I know she's super busy, so that might not work out. But I had another person that listened to the Boston Fern episode message me. So I'm so excited. I really, really hope that works out um, because I am super motivated to get you guys some really awesome products soon and really cool designs, whether it's stickers or t-shirts or mugs or whatever I'm thinking of. Now, if there's any products you guys are interested in having and you're like, hey, Holly, like, are you going to carry tote bags? I would love to have a tote bag. Or I would love to see some pins from you or something. Just let me know. I would love to hear what you guys want. Feel free to just direct message me or private message me, email me, and just say, hey, Holly, are you going to have t-shirts? I hope you will. Thanks. Or tote bags. I mean, you could say, you can literally email me and go, Holly, I want t-shirts, and I'll be happy with that. <laughs> just let me know what you think. Okay, a few more Houseplant Homebody things. The next episode is about herbs. And that is a very general statement because I do not have a ton of experience with herbs. I really, really don't. I know I worked at a garden center for seven years, but honestly, that wasn't my focus. I did landscape design and I worked with customers on designing their landscape, working with perennials, shrubs, and trees a lot more. So the annual side and the herb side, vegetable side, I don't know a lot about. But we're going to dive into it, which means I'm going to want a ton of questions from you guys to understand what you guys need to know for the episode as well. So please message me your herb episodes. I will be doing a ton of research on this, trying to figure out all the information we need on different kinds of herbs. So if there's a specific herb you want to hear about or an issue you've had with one or even a success you've had with one, please message me and let me know. If you want to voice message me, that's easier too. I've had a couple of people do that instead of trying to type everything out. Um, but yeah, that'd be super helpful. And I'm really looking forward to that episode because I know I've had several people ask about this topic. So I know I'm going to have a lot of people listening to this one. And I think that's all I got for now. I really appreciate everyone's continued commenting, sharing, liking, reviewing of the podcast episodes, of the social media posts, the blog, um, all the supporters that I have. I'm just super grateful. You have no idea what that does for me. It just puts me at ease knowing that, you know, the, the website's covered, the podcast upload platform is covered, and it really pushes me to keep going and try to get more and more things out for you guys. So I just wanted to end with saying thank you. And I really look forward to seeing you guys in my comments for the giveaway. And I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.